everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is July 6th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, and we're just going to kind of finish up Acts chapter 2, this day of Pentecost experience that they're having here. Yesterday we finished off with the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Here, these people were sitting here listening to Peter testify about Jesus Christ, and because the Holy Ghost was present, They were pricked in their hearts and they could receive this testimony of Christ. We talked about how when we receive testimony, it should lead us to ask the question, what shall I do? The best lessons, the best testimony should always lead to us wondering, what can we do? What can we change? This question, what shall we do, kind of reminds me of the rich young man who asked, what lack I yet? But the difference between the rich young man and these people is staggering because look at what's going to happen. As a response to this question, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, look at what they do here and the difference between the rich young man and these people. It says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. So just right away, immediately, they're like, yes, let's do that. Let's repent. Let's be baptized. Let's get the spirit. Let's do all of these things. This is what I want. And so rather than going away sad or sulking like the rich young man, they embraced the answer to that question. What shall I do? My friends, how do we receive correction or how do we receive counsel? Is it like the rich young man who goes away sulking and saying, oh, I didn't really want to do that? Or is it like these men here who hear what they're supposed to do and rejoice in the opportunity to do it? I absolutely love the example of the people here and their faith to just go forward on the truth that they've felt. It says that same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I think most missionaries go out into the field expecting to have a similar experience. I'm just going to preach so powerfully that all of a sudden everyone's like, what can I do? And then I'll say, hey, be baptized. And they'll all be like, yes, let's do that. And we'll just have hundreds of baptisms. This is not the norm. Let's keep that in mind here. But it's so incredible. What's even more incredible is what we see in the very next verse. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So let's break that down just a little bit. It says they're baptized, they receive the Holy Ghost, and then what do they do? What comes next? Well, they continued steadfastly. Isn't that what every missionary wants for their converts? for them to just continue steadfastly. And it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now that's a little mixed up, right? Because the apostles were really teaching the Savior's doctrine. So they were continuing in the Savior's doctrine. But in the fellowship of the apostles, they continued breaking bread and in prayers. Now what this tells me is that they continued to meet together. What an important doctrine or what an important aspect of conversion that is. So many people in the world, especially right now in the world, seem to think that they can believe and that they can have faith, but that it's not necessary to meet together and it's not necessary to come to church. I can feel God in the mountains, right? Which is true. I absolutely can. 
Some of my most spiritual experiences were in the mountains, but that doesn't negate the fact that God asks us to meet together regularly to continue to strengthen one another. Part of the reason why these converts were able to continue steadfastly is because they continued to meet together. That is such an important aspect of conversion that I think is often overlooked, unfortunately. But it reminds me of Zenith in the book of Mosiah. Remember, Zenith was a Nephite. He was a good Nephite for all that we know about him. And he decided that he was going to move out of the land of the Nephites or the stronghold of the Nephites. He moves from the land of Zarahemla. And within one generation, we go from Zenith to King Noah who we know was just this horrible, horrible, wicked king. My friends, staying with the saints, coming together with the saints, worshiping with the saints, strengthening one another in that worship is an essential part of conversion. And it's an essential part of remaining steadfast in our conversion. It's not just enough to believe on our own. We have to believe and gather with saints and be strengthened by other saints. This continuance in faith is what we often refer to as enduring to the end. It's not enough for us to believe at one point in our lives and to let that belief carry us throughout our lives. We have to continue each day of our lives to continue to choose conversion, to continue to choose faith and to live that faith. Listen to what Elder Uchtdorf teaches. He says, Enduring to the end or remaining faithful to the laws and ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout our life is a fundamental requirement for salvation in the kingdom of God. Therefore, enduring to the end is not just a matter of passively tolerating life's difficult circumstances or hanging in there. Ours is an active religion, helping God's children along the straight and narrow path to develop their full potential during this life and return to him one day. Enduring to the end is a process filling every minute of our life, every hour, every day, from sunrise to sunset. It is accomplished through personal discipline following the commandments of God. I love how Elder Uchtdorf says that enduring to the end is a process that should fill every minute of our lives, every hour, every day. And that's what we're going to see next with these converts here. Listen to what it says next. It's not just that they continued to go to their meetings. Listen to the faith that they had. It says, And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. What I love about this is that these people not just continue going to church and continue to have faith, they continued their life in consecration. Now, don't get me wrong, I think sometimes we talk about consecration and we think, oh, whew, glad we don't live that law yet. We do live that law. What this is talking about here, though, is the law of the united order, which this idea of selling all that you have and parting everything out so that everyone is taken care of. We don't live that law right now, but we do live consecration. And so what does that look like for us and how does it help us in our conversion? Consecration means that we are willing to give all that we have. Now here, for these people, it was possessions. That's not asked of us right now. 
But what is asked of us? What do we need to give to fully consecrate ourselves? Sometimes we talk about consecration being a consecration of our time. Certainly that's the case, especially for people with really heavy or hard callings, missionaries who give up everything and go out to preach and to serve. Certainly consecrating our time is part of it, our efforts. But if we talk about consecration as a willingness to give up anything for the Lord, are we consecrating our whole lives to Him? Are we willing to give up our pride, our ambitions, our stubbornness, our vanity, like Elder Holland teaches? Are we willing every single day to put our faith first, to put our Father in Heaven first, to put their desires, their wants, their needs before our own? That is true consecration. And when we're willing to give up something that we want, or maybe even something that we have, in sacrifice to build up the kingdom of God or to build ourselves and our faith, then it's that type of consecration that changes our hearts. No wonder these people were so faithful and dedicated every single day of their lives. They knew what it was to live their lives for their faith. My friends, it's that kind of consecration, that willingness to live for our faith that changes our hearts and makes lifelong converts out of us. And as it says here with these people, if we are willing to give all for our faith, we can live our lives day to day with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.